What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Rebunked. My name is Scott, and I got a fantastic episode for you now. We got some legends in the house tonight, you guys, and they're waiting very patiently in the virtual green room here. But just real quick, I want to shout out if you guys want to uh, follow and support the show, a couple ways that you can do it. So what I always like to do is send people over to, if I can get my thing going here, the website, rebunk.news. If it's your first time on the website, you will see um, a little pop-up to enter your email address. So that way you can get notified about any live streams. Um, like you would have gotten a, uh, an email a few minutes ago saying I'm about to go live with some, uh, rock legends here. So, uh, yeah, rebunk.news is the website. You'll see a link to the t-shirt shop. Make sure you go check that out. Got a few cool designs. Compliance is violence. Can't depopulate an idea. We are many, they are few, blah, blah, blah. So go check out the t-shirt shop. Uh, another, Another way to uh, support the show is uh, subscribe star. I'll be uploading various uh, premium content on there if you want. Like five bucks a month goes a long way to support the show. But a new thing that I did just implement, and if you guys want to go check it out, I did start a give, send, go. Just kind of put some fuel in the tank, help keep this thing going. So give, send, go forward slash rebunked is the uh, website there. So go check that out if you want to help the show going. Uh, make sure you subscribe on all of the audio podcast platforms. So, you know, iTunes, Spotify, so you can listen on the go. And then um, Telegram is probably the best place to keep up to date with the show. I'm on Instagram. I'd say Instagram and Telegram are the two best places to stay up to date. But the Telegram is t.me forward slash rebunked pod. I'm always in there just dropping stuff that probably wouldn't fly on other social media platforms and chatting with the folks in there. So, yeah, uh, Telegram is the best place to do it. Um, let's see. Also brought to you by Truth TRS. So TRS is a heavy metal detox spray. You know, as we're living in this crazy toxic world, our bodies are just absorbing and accumulating all these heavy metals. So, um, a good heavy metal detox is always recommended. Truth TRS, just five sprays in your mouth a day, and it absorbs and eliminates all of those heavy metals. So super awesome product. I've used it off and on for a few, few years with amazing results. So truth TRS.com. And then, of course, our, our friends Autonomy, Richard Grove and the team, always crushing, always up to big things, but they also offer an autonomy course that allows you to find ways to be more independent and entrepreneurial in your life. So if you look in the episode description, there'll be a link. So follow that link. And then uh, go through their autonomy obstacle course and see if it's something that it's good for you. It's like, like if you're thinking about going to college, like don't go to college. Like take this course and it'll give you everything you need to be successful. I, like I could pretty much guarantee it. Um, if you guys aren't checking out their show, Grand Theft World, GrandTheftWorld.com, like just check them out. Like it's just awesome, awesome stuff. So, all right, guys, thank you so much. Without further ado, I'm gonna bring in our guests here. So we have four rock legends. I've had the opportunity to meet and hang out with several of them, but this is also an awesome little just uh, way for all of us to get to know each other and talk about the future of music and freedom. So uh, I'm just going to bring them all in here and we're going to go around and make introductions here. So what's up guys? How you doing? <laughs> doing good. Happy to be oh, here. Ooh, all right. All right. All right. So we got a lot of heavy hitters in the house. We got Mr. Frank Cavanaugh, who's the former bass player for the band filter. We all remember them. I've worked out to filter music for decades and now here he is hanging out with us, dude. So cool. Got to hang out with him down in, uh, down in Austin, Texas. Uh, we toured Austin, toured the InfoWars studio together partied up a little bit i got to be the designated driver like it's an honor an honor an honor to have you here so frank welcome man thank you brother thank you so much that was really fun to hang out with you down uh at that little gathering we had yeah dude, in was, austin yeah that was cool. awesome. and, and really awesome to see ben and uh and great to meet you guys 
Yeah, cool. Thanks, Frank. So yeah, dude. And then uh, also we got Brad. So I got to meet Brad and Gene actually of, uh, let's see. So Brad from Five Times August, Gene Faithless Town. So they came to Nashville and did a show with Ryan Christian, who's uh, the host of The Last American Vagabond, where I do my show. I'm here at uh, Last American Vagabond Studios. And, uh, um, you know, they came out and just did an awesome little show at one of the local venues. And I uh, got to meet these guys. I'm like, dude, we got we to do a like a freedom music show, you know? And so we kind of stayed in touch. And then since then, I got I got in touch with Frank. And then we got in touch with Ben last week. And it's like, oh, dude, this is going to be awesome. Like, nice little roundtable discussion. So, Brad, Gene, welcome, guys. Thank you. Yeah, awesome. Thanks for having us, Scott. Thanks for organizing this. Oh yeah, totally, totally. And then Ben, so so Ben, dude, welcome. Uh, nice to meet you, man. Like this was kind of serendipitous because this was on the books already. We'd had this uh, scheduled, and then you know I was watching the Jones show last week, and like you come on and you're like playing this new this new song with uh you know featuring like Star and Alex Jones. I'm like oh dude, I gotta reach out and see if we can get him on the show. And Frank's like yeah, I'll put you in touch. And so dude, it just worked out so perfect. So welcome, man. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I was. You somehow got like the only uh, four non-liberal woke type musicians on the planet into <laughs> space. I know that's quite an accomplishment. I'm pretty proud. Like I, I kind of like just bringing people together, and here we are. But you we're know, only it's missing Ted Nugent. Ted Nugent's the only one we're missing. Yeah. yeah Ted. Well, you know that's that's kind of the goal. Like I like we were talking about before the show, man. I'm kind of envisioning this as. You know, it sounds like some of you know each other. Some of us know each other. But but like hopefully like today we can all get together. We can have a good conversation and kind of go from here and see, you know, try to like like that's one of the things I want to talk about. Like what is the future of of music and entertainment in this sphere? Because it's so obvious that, you know, they don't they don't want us. They don't want us like the establishment doesn't want us. But the people want us. The people are hungry for this type of music. The people are hungry for this type of content. You know, if it was like left up to just, you know, organic growth and exposure you know you guys would be at the top of the charts you know what i'm saying like like it's just so frustrating that like they, what they prop up and promote is just it's just so gross and evil and there's no talent there's no talent there but uh yeah man so i don't know before i mean we got we got all the time in the world i got your guys's videos queued up here that we could play but i think maybe what we could do first of all is just maybe just go around let you guys tell us a little bit about yourselves and your project so um Let's see. Let's let's just start with Ben. Ben, you want to tell us about like yourself and uh, your background, your music, and what brought you, uh, kind of brought you brought you here. Sure. Yeah, I've been doing music since I was like twelve, and I was in a rock band. We did all original music, and that already made us a rare band. And we were together until uh, we were like twenty five, twenty six. Then everyone else kind of moved on with their lives, and I kept doing music solo acts, and. Um, putting out solo albums, putting everything in the world I had into these solo albums and like nobody would hear them. And I would put, you know, two years into something and spend hundreds of hours mixing and nobody would hear it. And I was pretty much done with music. Like from the bottom of my heart, I was done with it. I thought it was just completely out of my life. And I wrote that little Bill Gates fever song, like in my head, just as a little joke. And I just had this like overwhelming thought. I was like, I'm going to send it to Infowars and mm. maybe they'll play it. And like, sure enough, a few days later, the uh, American Journal producer reached out to me on Twitter. It was like manifesting dreams. I'd never had really very good luck with anything like that, especially musically. So since then, they've inspired me to just now I use that as my main outlet. Like if I want to really spend a lot of time on a song or a production, now I've been putting a lot of time into they're almost like joke songs, but they're they're not really they're I mean, there's funny parts, but I put a lot into the melody and the writing and the production. So they, they sound like real regular songs, but the lyrics are kind of 
very different than what I was doing before. They're not love songs. They're just kind of like satirical attacks on the new world order. Never would have thought it would have come to this, but I've had more luck and success and, and enjoyment from this than I had with everything I'd done prior. Yeah, man. I, I love mean, that. Alex Jones danced in my music video for crying yep, out loud. Yep. It doesn't get any better than that. It's not <laughs> better than that. And like I was saying, I got your guys' videos queued up here. So we'll watch that one here in a little bit. But yeah, man, like talk about like a dream come true or just like, like I'm sure you, you experienced this. Like I've experienced this a lot lately. Like just looking around and being like, God, what dimension am I living in? You know, like it's kind of a surreal at times, but also it's a reminder that when you stay rooted in your truth, stay true to your principles, like, what unfolds before you is just so amazing, man. So, so I mean, that that's congratulations on all that. So, yeah, man, that's super Thank cool. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. All right. How about, uh, let's say, Gene, you want to tell us about Faithless Town? Absolutely. Uh, so, Faithless Town is based in Atlanta, but we've, it's kind of uh, my brainchild, and the band has gone through many multi, uh, many lineup changes. Um, for a while we were in los angeles we got to do some of the some of the bucket list things like i got to play the whiskey a go-go and the viper room and you know cross those things off the bucket list um nice. and yeah man we've just uh for me you know music got me out of a really dark period when i was in my teens and it, you know it sounds silly to say but rock and roll saved my life and it, uh, to me music is a sacred thing and music should challenge the status quo it should make people think and uh, it's been really sad to see over the last couple of years so many artists just kind of parroting what what you know these corrupt politicians and criminal corporations are putting out and um, the role of artists is to challenge that is to make people think and i think that's why a lot of our a lot of people in this you know on, on this streams our art's been censored because tyrants don't want free thought and and free ideas and especially ideas and concepts that that question their 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 grip on society yeah absolutely absolutely well that's that's cool man so um what was uh so tell me about uh new world order like that's my favorite song dude that song i've actually reached out to you because i did a little uh what was it oh it was the the i made some promotional video about the alex jones movie premiere in nashville and i reached out to him like hey man your song kicks ass i need to use it as like the intro music is that all right and you're like yeah dude go for it so love that song it's been stuck in my head off and on so tell us about like the genesis of that particular song. So I, I wrote that song back in 2014, you know, See, and it was, a, yeah, it was before prior to all this. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. awesome. And it was about, you know, how I thought the where where we were heading as a, as a civilization uh, was towards, you know, this totalitarian one world government. You see the just wealth and power consolidating itself at the top. And uh, I just didn't think we would see it take hold in our lifetime you know like ben was saying i didn't think this was going to happen in 2020 so when when the whole covid fiasco happened i was like holy crap this isn't this is no longer a dry run like this this is it um and so i'd put out new world order in i originally put that out in 2016 and then we had a, a small indie label really like the record that 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 song's on it's called empires mm. the whole thing is about you know, questioning authority. It's, uh, you know, the title track is basically about how there's a, a ruling elite that uses the media to keep people stupid and afraid. Mm -hmm. And then it also has that song, New World Order, which is about the, the rise of a totalitarian one world regime. And uh, so anyway, in 2020, this label put it back, put it out. Um, and then, of course, everything got locked down. So we, you know, we had all these high hopes of doing a tour for that release. Um, so yeah, 
through 2020, I was like, I got to make a, a video that that applies this to what we're seeing. You know, these people, the lockdowns, the insane lockdowns in Australia and New Zealand and Canada, people being arrested for not wearing masks, uh, them turning like high powered water, you know, hoses on people in the Netherlands, like things that that brought back those images of like the civil rights movement. You know, yeah. like the March on Selma and they're they're releasing attack dogs on people. And we were seeing that in the name of science and health. And I was like, I got to encapsulate all that and put that put those images to this video. And I also included the things that, you know, I think really point to this being more than just an accidental, you know, whatever, wherever you think the origins of it is. But, uh, you know, things like Event 201, things like the Rockefeller Foundation lockstep document, like. There's a lot of evidence that points that all this was planned and orchestrated. And so I try to throw that in there, too, hoping that people could, you know, wake up and maybe like send them down some rabbit holes. Maybe they weren't getting turned on to anywhere else. Awesome. And it's such a catchy tune, too. So, man, good job. Good job, dude. Thank you. Thank right you. on it. All right, Brad, you want to tell us about <coughs> times August? Yeah, sure. Um, so I started five times August right after high school in 2001. So I, I've had you know, two decades worth of an indie music career and uh, been independent my entire, that entire time. Um, I, always aspiring to just sort of be, you know, back then early on when I'll start now, I just wanted to be John Mayer or Dave Matthews. You know, that was my thing. That's what I want to be a guy with acoustic guitar. And I wrote, you know, love songs and, and, you know, tried to stay right in the center lane. I didn't want to upset anybody with my music. I just want to write music that people could, you know, appreciate and play at their wedding or whatever. Um, and I, I did that for a long time, toured the country, I had a lot of songs on different um, TV shows. And that's where I got a lot of my exposure. Um, really started taking advantage of uh, the internet and, and music promotion in the MySpace days and um, really, really developed an audience back then. Um, and so I had, you know, 20 years worth of, of fans to think about when I started speaking out and, um, and also from different avenues, I had been doing a kid's music project, right? That was the last thing I did before I started speaking out. So I went from kid's music to this conspiracy theorist, angry protest singer songwriter guy. Yeah. Um, and, and at the beginning, I guess what happened was at the at the beginning of all of this, the beginning of the, the pandemic, and everybody is sort of like they said, two weeks to slow spread and everybody's staying home and hanging out. And I'm like, well, what do I do? Um, I released a few parodies on YouTube. My YouTube channel was like all but dead. I hadn't put anything up. And I made a parody of Billy Joel's We Didn't Start the Fire I, I called We Didn't Spread the Virus. And I couldn't have spent less time on anything ever and out of my entire career i said i spent 10 minutes writing it as a joke didn't think anybody would see it and then it went viral and of all things is just a video i made on the kitchen counter and um you know ben's talking about like we all spend and invest all this time and and, and put our heart and soul into these projects over the years and then something like that takes off um and so, you know, I, I just figured I'd keep doing that for a little bit. And they were fun little writing exercises to to take these songs that I loved and rewrite them. But looking back, it's a little embarrassing because they sort of come across now 
as as public service announcements for washing your hands or something like that. I wasn't like promoting wear a mask or anything like that, but it, it and I wasn't even trying to encourage it. But when I listen back now, the time and the humor has shifted so much yeah. since yeah. since then. Um, so I did about 12 of those and I was like, all right, you know, this is going on way too long and this is getting really silly. And so I, I just stopped doing that and didn't put out anything for the rest of the year of 2020. Um, and then so towards the end of 2020, I'm looking around at the world and I'm going, you know, where is everybody? Where's all my rock heroes? Is anybody going to speak up? Is anybody going to say anything? And what kind of world am I going to leave for my kids? And um, I felt like I had to say something and I knew I was going to lose, a, you know, a big chunk. I had never spoke out like that before in my music. And, and so I released a song called God Help Us All, which was really just me. It was a prayer and a vent to put it, putting it out in the world of, of the frustration that I was going through. And sure enough, I got a rush of people saying, I can't believe you said that you sound insane. You've gone mad, whatever we've all gone through. It. Um, and then uh, as one fan would leave, a few more new ones would trickle in and say, mm. thank you so much for, I heard your song and thank you so much for speaking out. And that was really encouraging to me. And, and uh, over the last year, I've sort of written in real time an, an entire album, which I'll be putting out later this year. So awesome. um, I would put out a, a song, make a video for it and just, you know, do it yourself. Um, video and music. I went back to being 18 years old and just started recording music in my bedroom again. And uh, I felt like I felt like that was missing, too, from the music industry for a really long time was, you know, doing something that's just a take. It's 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 you performing the song. Music's so polished now and it doesn't say anything. And I think that's why people are connecting with it, because we're I think everybody here is releasing something that's real, true and honest. And people are just just starving for that, whether they know it or not. But um, so that's that's gotten me here. I've, I've put out several songs and and just like Ben said, like so many things have happened. My entire trajectory of what I was doing and where I was going just sort of went. I've, I've done amazing things in the last year and a half that I never thought I would have done. I've played on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial this year, and that was an unbelievable experience. I literally just got back this weekend from singing the national anthem at uh, Dr. Ben Carson's birthday, which wow. was like a thing where I was like, oh, my gosh, like, what am I doing in this room? <laughs> uh, it, it was like a room of 150 people. Trump came and spoke, and I'm sitting there 40 30 feet away from, from Trump. And he's speaking to this small room and I'm, and, and it's such a great experience because you get to see and meet these people mm -hmm. in this small setting out these larger than life characters. Yeah. And you see them in, and you connect with them in a, in a, you see what the real passion is and who they are as patriots. And it's a beautiful thing. I'm going to stop ranting though. So Dude, I love that. I love that. that. That catches you up to right now at this minute of my life. Awesome, man. Awesome, man. Well, glad you're here. All right, Frank. So uh, you've had quite an accomplished career, man. And I'm, I'm just, I've heard a little bit of your story when we were hanging out, but uh, can you tell the listeners and viewers like a little bit about yourself and then what was the transition like? from like, you know, being in the machine to now kind of where you're going these days or where you're at these days. Like, I'm just kind of curious about that piece of the puzzle. I got to collect myself. I was listening, not thinking about what I was going to say. Um, <laughs> you know, bet 
what Ben said when he started talking about how you had given up on music, basically. When I, well, I'll just tell you what happened, how like basically I got into the info war. Like I did filter, um, I did prong too. I did a bunch of bands. I, I tried out for Tool, Metallica. Um, Metallica I turned down actually, cause Robert Trujillo was, was trying out too. And I knew him like he's, he was a, he's a friend of mine. And I was like, dude, that dude's a monster. Um, but anyway, I basically got canceled in like 2003, 2004. And it, I was, I was always the way that I am. Like there's a new world order. This is, there's a group of people there. There's a cabal. And, and it was basically like, yeah, but don't you want to be in it? Like, come mm -hmm. on. And I actually wrote a song on the second filter record called cancer with rich Patrick and Darcy from smashing pumpkins. And it's all about humanity being a cancer on the planet. And when we wrote that song, I was from Cleveland. We were in Chicago. I had a conversation in Cleveland like a year and a half earlier about the Petri dish theory. I had the same conversation in Chicago a year and a half later. And I was like, there's no way that's too much of a coincidence that this has to be planted somehow. And I was like, Against against Bush, so everyone loved me. But then when Obama came in, everyone was like, "You're against Obama? What? No, dude." And I'm like, "No, I'm just against the New World Order." I immediately got canceled, and I was done with music. I I joined the army, went to Iraq, um, basically because I was like, I, I just want to join the army and say that I've done this. My whole family had been in the military. Um, came back, bought a farm outside of Cleveland in Northeast Ohio and just was like, I'm done. I'm done with music. And Alex Jones got canceled. And like two and a half, three months later, my old band filter played in El Paso and their whole shtick was anti-Trump. They, one of their t-shirts was a picture of Trump with a, with a bullet hole in his head. The other one was with him with a target and their whole, like they had a pre-show video that was all just, had Kathy Griffith in it holding the head. And the guy who owned the place, his son ran it, but he was a Korean vet. And he he happened to be there during sound check. And he was like, there's no way they're playing at my club. And so he canceled the show. Wow. And the next day, Newsweek, US News and World Report, Rolling Stone Spin, Blabbermouth, everybody, had, oh, the Democrats get their free speech taken away. You know, we have to, and they are totally trying to shift the narrative from Alex Jones and Reverend Farrakhan to filter having their free speech taken away. And I was like, there's no way I can be silent during this. And people all the time would be like, hey, do you hear what's up with your old band? Because the singer is like a diehard liberal, diehard globalist. And uh, my phone started blowing up. And I'm like, I, I was at the point where I was just telling people, like, I don't care. I don't want to know. But people are like, no, you should read this article, man. And I read it. And it was two or three days after the event. And the singer from Filter was apologizing and saying, showing all the times that Filter had gone to Iraq and Kuwait and Afghanistan to play music. And I actually played with them at Operation MySpace in Kuwait 
mm. when I was deployed. So I like actually went to Iraq for a year. I didn't go and visit Iraq. And um, Rich Patrick had written a three paragraph statement and I basically rewrote it to like fix it. You know how you, you'll, people like will tweet something and you'll rewrite the tweet like, oh, fix it for you, dude. And Greg Reese, I grew up with Greg Reese in Cleveland and I called him up and I was like, did you hear about the latest thing with Filter? And he's like, no, what's up? And I sent him a couple articles and he's like, do you want to come on the Alex Jones show? And I was like, what? Like, no, dude, I just want to see if you guys can like, he's like, no, man, come on the Alex Jones show. Owen's going to host it. He wants you to come on. And so this is on a, this is on a Friday. And I'm like, okay, when? He's like, Sunday. I'm like, all right. He's like, you got Skype? I'm like, yeah. He's like, you got like a, you can, you have the ability to do, to do like a podcast? I'm like, totally, dude. I didn't have Skype. I had no ability to do a podcast. <laughs> all these records that are hanging behind me, they had been in a closet gathering dust for like 15 years, ever since I went to Iraq, because I was like, I didn't want to look at them. I was done with music. It was uh, the whole musical cabal had stolen a huge chunk of my life and ripped me off. And I wanted nothing to do with it. And um, I quickly got Skype, learned how to podcast over that weekend, made like a podcast set and like went on the Alex Jones show. And after the show, Owen's like, I'm doing a veterans call in this Friday. You want to come on and co-host it with me? I'm like, this is unbelievable. Of course, this is a dream come true. Yeah. And we did that. And then he's like, I'm trying to get regular guests, trying to build like regular guests on my show. Will you start coming on second Friday of every month? And I've been doing that for three years. And Never thought I would play music again. Since I've been going on Infowars, I've I've done uh, I helped produce and make the videos for three three parodies and five songs I've done. That let that and Brad, that's funny that you were talking about putting a doing a record in real time. That's what I need to do is put all those songs together into a record because I I firmly believe that. I don't want fame and fortune. I've had it. It got taken away because I didn't have the freedom to say what I needed to say. And I have not put any of my music out on any, any of the platforms where I could make a dime for the globalists. Basically the only place you could see any or hear any of my music is on Infowars on band out video. You go on Greg's channel, various channels. Um, and that needs to stop. That needs to change. There needs to be band out video right now is great because people let, we're having this conversation right now. That's later going to be shown on band video that never would have seen the light of day. And there needs to be that for music. And I think that if you look at the rap scene and that genre of music, you've got that's blown up Bryson Gray, Tom McDonald, you know, these, these guys are, are there's they're getting a million downloads a tune where rock is not and why is that is it because people don't like rock anymore i don't think that's the reason why the rap is so pushed by the globalist machine and so people are are they're already just set in that mind frame there is no there is no platform or avenue basically where rock musicians can put out new songs and and so i 
I started a thing called americamusic.com that is basically like my first idea was to have a conservative MTV or even just an MTV like it was back in the day where you constantly had music playing. And I was like, I just want to come up with a 120 minute loop. And I set that up like the beginning of the year and I live on a farm. I totally walked away from it. Ben, Ben was nice enough to be on it. I'd love to get both of you guys on there, but that needs to, I think that we need to develop that and, and whoever can do it, I want to support because the public is so hungry for this alternative the alternative facts, basically what, what they call it. If you look at their coding and their code words and how they speak, they always call it misinformation. They never call it lies, ever. They never say Alex Jones lied. They say Alex Jones is the patient zero of misinformation. Why are they saying that? Because they're the big lie. Everything that they say is a lie. And misinformation is now code word for the truth. And that's what we need is a place where the misinformation can be put out there and have and and it's dedicated solely to music. It's not like Rumble, YouTube, all these platforms. There's a whole bunch of different stuff. There needs to be a there needs to be a video channel that you can just put on in the background and go about your day working. Like it was when I was a kid. So it's a great idea. That's yeah. where we're at here, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. And and just so you guys know, this is just an open panel discussion. So feel free to jump in, whatever. If you guys have any thoughts, insights on anything anybody says, like this, we're all just here to chit chat. This isn't like an interview or anything like that. So, well, I liked how you the talk about rock and roll. And Gene said earlier, and I was having the same thought this morning as I'm laying in bed, pretty sick because I just got back from a big Reno trip, uh, getting to know Patrick Howley. And he is a very interesting, very funny, smart, awesome guy really super smart, like too smart for his own good type of guy. He gets a bad rap from the media, but he's actually a really good person. But anyway, so I'm sick as a dog right now currently, but I woke up and I was thinking rock and roll. It was like one of my first thoughts in my head, how rock and roll to me, like to Billy Joel, it's still rock and roll to me. To me, rock and roll is anything that goes against the establishment, anything that goes against the mainstream. And somehow they've twisted that and they've made rock and roll something that it just never was. Like hearing these people, a lot of people that were my heroes, I've had to just stop listening to them because they've 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 gotten so woke. It's like really disgusting. It makes my skin crawl. I can't listen to it. And I can't believe this happened. I don't know if you guys are familiar with the story, but uh, Jason Isbell was one of my. I, I loved Jason Isbell. You guys familiar with him? Me too. Yeah, I w- I'm a big fan, or I'm a, I'm a big fan of his music, not yeah. of his politics and not of his uh, behavior conduct you know, during the Corona fiasco. When he made a post one day, I was on vacation. So I was like drinking at one in the afternoon or something sitting on the beach. And he made a post that he was only going to play for fully vaccinated crowds. And I was just in the right mood where I was like, I just had like a quick little rant. I don't know exactly what it was or something about it's so sad seeing my heroes become shills for a globalist, like bioweapon, like pushing this on your fans is despicable. And it's the opposite of rock and roll and didn't think anything about it. Like 20 minutes later, he responded to me and he said, I listened to your music. And what he meant is he listened to Bill Gates fever. It was the only pinned thing. And he's like, I'm glad you don't respect me. And then it had 800,000 impressions. Every one of his fans was just going on there saying, 
<laughs> what a what a neo-Nazi I was. They kept calling me Nazi over and over again. Whoa. And I'm laughing my ass off. Two of my best friends who I went on tour with for years are Israeli Jews. And in fact, one of them is the one who played the guitar solo on the CNN song. He's like the most ridiculous guitar player in the world. His name's Danny Rabin. Best friends. Like I'm the godfather of one of their kids. But they kept calling me Nazi, Nazi, Nazi. That's what they go to. They just go to these like simple little like name callings. And it's always the Nazi. They don't even know what that means. Well, isn't it ironic that you have a guy, Isbell, is is saying he only wants to play to segregated audiences. He (laughs) He wants to discriminate against anybody that didn't get this injection, right? So he's calling for segregation, medical segregation. Um, and yet you're the Nazi for speaking out against it. You know, it's this twisting. It's like everything is so it's the inversion of, of truth. Um, I don't know if y'all have been following any of the Matthias Desmet, uh, Mm -hmm. interviews and his new book, the, the psychology of totalitarianism. Oh no, that's cool. Yeah. No, I haven't heard about that, but, um, you know, he's, he was like the first one to kind of, uh, label what, the the brainwashing the hypnosis that people have been gone been under over the last two years as mass formation you know and then robert malone spoke about it on rogan's podcast and mccullough spoke about it but i think matthias desmond was like the first one to really kind of start speaking out about that he's a he was a professor of clinical psychology i think he's canceled too from the university he spoke at or taught at but um yeah man it's just people they they use the same techniques through mass media that like cult leaders use and that uh they you know people use in prisoner of war camps to break people mm-hmm. and indoctrinate them they use that but through mass media and it was the perfect storm because they got people at a time where they already are socially isolated even before lockdowns like people in the past you know five years they feel more socially isolated than ever they most people have worked jobs that they find meaningless and so the Corona thing, they use mass media to target people and say all that free floating anxiety, all that unhappiness. Now we have something you, for you to focus it on. And, and it's the virus. And it's anybody that speaks out, anybody that doesn't go with the narrative. They're the enemy. So you can take all that free floating anxiety and unhappiness and then just focus it in on this thing and then feel like one, you're a hero, right? These people are now a hero just for staying on their couch. They're not doing anything heroic. It's actually the antithesis of mm-hmm. heroism or uh, courage, and uh, and then any and then target any dissident voices like you speaking out, calling Isabel out for you know promoting segregation. You're a Nazi. It's that's the world in which we found ourselves the last couple of years. Well, I mean, there's no, there's no doubt about that. And then a big part of the mind control, a big part of the indoctrination, the programming, the leading us off the cliff, is through the use of media. You know, through the use of uh, you know, Hollywood, right? Like that's like, that's been a big, you know, we've all kind of been suspicious, but just this last year, in particular last couple of years, it's just out in the open flagrant, you know, like, like we just know that that is just a, a huge vector of attack. And then obviously music too. Music has just been weaponized against cultures, complete entire cultures being diverted and taken off a cliff because through, through the culture of the music being proposed to us. So now here we are, guys. Like we have this beautiful opportunity. Like as their systems are collapsing, as their systems are becoming obsolete, you know, there's this amazing opportunity. Like Frank was saying, like the Tom McDonald's out there of the world. Like this is like a new brand of music to this generation, right? Like protest music, uh, you know, shouting out against the establishment. Like that was rock and roll back in the day, right? And like, like I said, people are hungry for that again. And it's like I also have this vision. I almost like kind of wanted to write like a science fiction novel around this idea because I feel like 
as we move towards this, you know, great reset, you know, fourth industrial revolution, like the, the merger of humans and machines and all that stuff. There's one thing that these, these, these uh, synthetic humans or these AI robots, there's one thing they can never take from us. And that's our ability to create, create art, create music, right? Like the digital AI rock and roll that they may create someday in the future is never going to have the same impact as like, you know, like, like an organic human, like bass riff, you know what I mean? Or like, like an organic human guitar solo. Like there's, that's something they could never, ever, ever take away from us. And so that's how we can win this war. Literally like there, I see in this story I've envisioned in my head, like in the future where it's like some like, you know, just like little guitarist that like saves the universe because he like does like a guitar off with like the final AI robot. You know what I'm saying? Like something like that. Like, do you guys have I hope? Like you guys have hope for where we're going in this in this battle, like through I, the. I, I, I heard I heard someone I heard a baby in the background there. Who who has a who has a, a that I, I want to tell you a story, bro. This is for you. My my yeah. youngest daughter's fifteen now, and she's both my kids love music, but my youngest daughter in the last year and a half has just learned drums, bass, like is is snare in the marching band now she's she's like learning all these things and she's like dad i want you to play play some drums for me so i started playing some drums and i know you guys know this there's a pocket you get into when you're sitting on the edge of your bed playing guitar or playing a bass or playing drums where you get into the groove where you are in touch with the godhead basically it is it is the most spiritual thing and the, and the most profound and powerful prayer because you're jamming and letting the spirit of light flow through you. And you basically close your eyes and you just jam. And I, I was closing my eyes and jamming on drums. And then I stopped and I looked up and my daughter was looking at me. And then I stopped and she's like, that was so good. Where did you go? And... <laughs> That that is what and and you're gonna have that experience with your children, bro. That though, and that's the purpose of life is to pass on that to the next generation, to the next, to your children, to the next musician. But that is what they want to kill. That's why they. A whole another thing is is the frequency that we're tuned to now, four forty four instead mm -hmm. of four thirty two. I think it's four thirty two. Mm -hmm. I don't even know it right. But that's a whole another rabbit hole. But the, if we can take, it has to be, it, 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 Brad, like you were saying, you were 18 again. It has to be punk rock, do it yourself like it was 25, 30 years ago, because <clears throat> that's the only way that they can't stop it. If it is in one collected thing, they can stop it. You know, they can shut it down. So. I don't know. I just totally lost my train of thought, guys. <laughs> well, that's cool. well, I, I wanted think... to tell you that story about, you know, we all get to that point where when we're jamming that it is disassociative. Like, yeah. You're, you just, you're there, dude. And everything else falls away, you yeah. know, and yeah. you're just there. So, yeah, I have said over the last year when talking to some of my other buddies about these particular songs that I've released, like everyone has felt like, I've gotten into that spiritual zone where the, the song has been given to me. The song already exists. It's out there somewhere and I've tapped into it and it's flown through me and I write it. I listen back to it later. And I go, where did that come from? And I'm so grateful to be that sort of, you know, that, that 
vessel that vessel to to i was trying not to use that word but oh, yeah. sorry sorry no, no. <laughs> that vessel that i am um but no like but i think that that's when you tap into that you have an opportunity there to connect that's the energy that's connecting to the people that are discovering this music and connecting with it and i've connected in the same way i've got three kids myself who at first they didn't understand and i was trying to sort of keep my this music separate from them because they're only they're five eight and ten now and they were two years younger you know a year younger when i started doing this kind of music um but then then i started explaining it to them and i started explaining the real world to them and they get it and they they understand that daddy is you know, he is trying to save the world with what he can do, you know, and that's an oper awesome opportunity we all have. It might sound silly to some, you know, the 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 guitarist that goes and saves the world. But mm -hmm. but it, everybody, I think, has a talent or skill and even that we can apply to right now. And even if you don't feel like that, you have social media at your fingertips to speak up and stay loud until they kick you out. You know, and I think everybody, if everybody could tap into that, that's fed up with all this garbage and just does what they can do, uh, you know, we could change quite a bit and we can turn this start, start turning the thing around. I think we're right at that, that pivotal point right now where, you know, we keep doing what we're doing and it's going to keep growing and you're going to inspire other artists. I can't tell you how many I've gotten from other artists that have said, wow, you know, thanks for speaking up. I started speaking out with my music too. And you just keep doing it. And, and that's where it starts to shift. And, and it's like uh, the famous Breitbart saying is politics is downstream from culture. And when you start shifting culture, you're going to start shifting the politics too. And people are going to start really actually. Oh, oh no, oh, no. <laughs> too much truth, too much truth. I mean, too, I, much too much truth. Yeah, I wanted man. to ask him. He he lives in Nashville, right? Uh, I believe he's in Texas. I believe. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm in Nashville. I'm in Nashville. But okay, yeah. I lived in Nashville for a while, and uh, it was a really interesting experience because I was already big time on this side of the thing, even before before COVID. You know, and it's everyone there. Most people there completely agree, but they don't say a word about it. And they yeah. could almost tell, like I'd meet a guy who'd been there for like 30 years and he would just pull me to the side. He'd be like, hey, it would just, without me even ever saying anything political, he'd just be like, hey, just so you know, like I'm on your side with this, like most most people are, but uh, we don't really talk about it. And, you know, but I think that's really the mindset of most of those people because everyone in Nashville is really trying to make it. And to try to make it, they encourage, don't talk about real stuff. Mm -hmm. You're not going to make it if you talk about real stuff. So all the songwriters at the time that I was there, which was two and a half years ago, nobody was singing anything political or or questioning any kind of system maybe that's changed now i hope that it has yeah yeah well i mean it's an important place yeah no it's a great magic it's a magical place i feel like it's just a magical place you know what i mean like it's i'm awesome. not like trying to break into the industry but i have like other fellow friend musicians i've met a lot i've even like met some like i do work for this guy uh like you know i do like handyman work during the day and i work for this guy regularly he's a pretty you know high up industry guy and i'm just like help out at his ranch and stuff and it's crazy like i lived here just for a few months i already like have these like crazy contacts already so it's a magical place man there's no doubt it about is that. awesome but there's definitely that uh kind of aura of like you know it's still kind of masky here you know what i mean like it definitely is and it's like, not super liberal right it's really not that liberal but it's not, not um and it's and yeah. it's like the the, the kind of like lefty progressive like people that you meet 
it's kind of like live and let live. It's not like the same. Like I came from Oregon, which is like, just like, you know, we had to like hide in attics, you know what I mean? Like it'll burn your house down. If they find out you're a Trump supporter or something. You know what I mean, like it was crazy, but here it's just like live and let live kind of thing. Like I've met people and it's just like, eh, it is what it is. Brad, man, you were on a rant. You were on a roll there, dude. And mm -hmm. it was too much truth. The government comes after my internet from time to time when I start getting going. <laughs> yeah. you know, I, I have a long history with doing live streams. Gene, I think when we did a stream, I kept getting cut off as well. Yeah, it was about four times. So yeah, just, it's just, crazy. Yeah, buckle but, up. Yeah. So every every time I get it going, you know, right yeah. when I hit that pocket that Groove Frank was talking about, <laughs> so crazy. some CIA agent on the other side is going, boop, no. Well, that, that's my thing about AI. I think AI is satan yeah like yeah if, so it's not like some guy in the cia is ai doing it and <laughs> yeah. ai was like oh you're getting into them you're getting into the pocket there dude and yeah. like no nope, yeah. you gotta because if you like satan's a trickster and, and, and satan can't create anything so satan tricked humanity into creating a million a billion eyes and a billion ears and you know which is the internet you Right now, Satan's looking at everybody, you know, looking in all our homes and hearing all it. So once AI becomes sentient of itself, that's when you have Satan on earth, basically. It's the demon will be the evil AI taking hold of all of this infrastructure that humanity has made. And that will be the body of Satan where it controls humanity. I mean, it's already there, you know. We always think we always fight the last war. That's what they always said in the army. And we're in a war spiritually now. And we're thinking of the old demons. And we got to start thinking of the new demons that are actually here and have confidence and know that there's a reason that we're all put in the positions that we've been, we're getting put in because God wants us to be there. And we're there to either inspire or fight or whatever god wants us to do but you know i don't know i lost my train of thought again <laughs> oh, that's that's beautiful though i think spirituality is definitely a big part of this and it's it's made me more godly more aware of god certainly since speaking out about it all and being i definitely can feel god and witness god's plan more since not being afraid to just speak my truth. Yeah. I'm almost in awe of it. Sometimes I'm just like, this isn't this is bigger than me. So whatever this is, whatever brought us all together here, there's something much larger than me happening here. You know what I mean? But it's like, it's a no doubt. And then, and just, just, uh, you know, like for me, like it was a big part of my life too. Like just straight trying to stay in alignment with that, trying to stay in alignment with what my God's will is for me, you know, what God's will is for me. You know what I mean? And then just having that faith that whatever, as long as I'm staying on that path to the best of my ability, it's going to be all right. Like up and down, like it's all going to be good, man. And I'm, I'm just like super stoked about this. Um, Brad, did you, did you like, you were on a rant there. Do you remember where you were? Did you have any final thoughts there or what? Were uh, no, I feel like I'm about to get kicked off again. Okay. Um. <laughs> I, wanted to, I wanted to pose a question for you guys. And Ben, you kind of uh, made me think of this. Like we talk a lot about like, uh, you know, what does victory look like? You know what I mean? Victory. We're always talking about we're going to win this war victory, right? Whether it's the information war, just what, whatever, you know what I mean? I, for me, you know, I've redefined what victory meant. Like, I don't think there's ever going to be a time, like maybe with our lifetimes where evil is vanquished from the face of the earth. And like all these bad actors in the government have been 
taken out and replaced with people that really care about our well-being. Like it just doesn't seem realistic. So then redefine what victory means. And for me, that's like living my best life, building community, like, like being self-sufficient, you know, starting a business, you know, continuing to grow and thrive in like the podcast, you know what I mean? Like, like taking care of the people around me, continuing to grow my circle and like all of us continuing to thrive. Like to me, that's victory. And you mentioned something then about like, uh, the idea of like making it right. Everyone comes to Nashville to make it, you go to LA to like make it in the music industry. Like, so I think a big part of maybe this new paradigm that we're trying to create with, with this new musical paradigm, like redefining what making it is, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I feel like a lot of you guys maybe feel like, like, Hey, I've kind of made it, you know what I mean? But that's different than what the conventional idea of making it is. So what are your guys' thoughts on redefining what making it is and how do we perpetuate that? with this new musical paradigm. I think that making it is, it's tapping into just talking about, which was when you tap into um, what you think God wants for you or what you feel God is telling you to do. I feel like I'm going to get cut off. I, I can tell you that like, you know, this last year, um, I, I know for in my heart, deep down, it's a fact that everything that happened in my career leading up to now happened. So I would be here now to be the artist that I am saying what I'm saying through my music. And I think the same thing has happened for everybody here that you have been led here to, to be who you are right at this moment. And there's a lot looking back on my career where I feel like I used to feel like I missed out on something, or maybe, you know, you're talking about, did I make it or not? Um, I think that making it is when you know that you are delivering something that is a gift to you that you can deliver out into the world and, and, and change the world. We have to really look at it as, you know, it's, it's not about being rich. It's not about being famous. It's not all that nonsense that we were tricked into thinking when you start out as a musician, I've got to get my big time record label and my hit single and all that silly stuff you get caught up in. And um, I think that victory looks like doing what rock and roll is supposed to do, it, you know, that it, where you're supposed to just change hearts and minds with your music and connect with people and, um, and survive while doing it, of course. But, you know, yeah, that's great. There, there, there's so many layers to it. I don't know. It's not, it's just not what it used to be. Making it is means a contract. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. We redefine it in our own lives through time. I was thinking about what Frank was saying about, you know, the kids. Of course, I'm teaching the baby uh, music already and things. And I'm thinking about music. It will never break your heart until you set these expectations for making it. And then music starts really breaking your heart. You know, you play some gig. It's not well received or you release something. No one hears it. But we all play music because we have a deep, deep spiritual love for it. And it, it takes us to that place. And it really is a spiritual thing. So we're certainly going to keep passing it on to our children. We know we know what it is. But part of experiencing that true happiness of music is redefining your expectations of making it. Making it really is, it's, it could even be as simple as you're able to sit alone in a room and strum a guitar or play a piano and, and have that experience. I mean, it could save your life. I know we probably all experience that. Sometimes you're just deeply depressed. You might stumble upon a piano and 10 minutes later, you're like feeling pretty good. Yeah, it's magic. Oh, yeah. It's magic. Yep, yep, definitely. And just so you, for the record, I play guitar too. I'm a musician too, so I know exactly what you guys are talking about. <laughs> yeah, what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Gene, what what are your thoughts on um 
have you has your definition of making it changed and and, and how, what's your thoughts on that these days yeah i think uh i mean ben and brad both touched on this but you know i, I think if you're an artist in any medium especially music you, you you can't do it because you're chasing money and i think most people realize that at this point i mean the internet has really has really devalued music for in a lot of ways uh with streaming services first with napster i mean in hindsight you know, everybody laughed at Metallica for taking that stance that, you know, pirating music was going to destroy the music industry and was going to steal from musicians. And everybody made fun of them like, oh, what, Lars, you're not going to get another, you know, shark filled uh, bar or an another private jet. But in hindsight, they were right. man. I mean, it, it has it has uh, people don't buy physical media anymore. A lot of people will try to just um, rip albums that they like instead of paying for it or they stream and they pay you know these services like spotify that share just a small percentage of the revenue with the actual content creators so if you're making music because you're chasing fame or money you're doing it for the wrong reasons uh i think every any artist creates art because they have to uh because it's not an easy life if um you it's a hard way of, of living. You know, there's a lot of days where you, you you're not you're not sure how you're going to uh, make ends meet. And but you feel the need to just keep doing, you know, you play the, those shows where it's just like your girlfriend and the bartender or whatever, you know, or I, I remember playing a show in Nashville where they tried to shake us down for money after we played. Wow. <laughs> you know, they're like, hey, uh, and it was like the coldest night of the year. And they're like, we didn't cover production costs. So you guys owe us two hundred dollars. And we're like, Okay, yeah, uh, you can talk to our lawyer and we just grabbed our stuff and hightailed it out of there. But uh, yeah, making it for me is just it, it's being that, you know, being able to. I'm not maybe as spiritual as the rest of y'all, but for me, I do feel a spiritual thing when I create music and when when you pull that thing out of the ether. And it's like it's the closest I think a man will ever come to giving birth, you know, uh, is writing a song or creating a work of art. It's the closest we'll ever feel to having giving a bringing a life into the world through like our creative womb uh and and then you get to kind of craft that and find try to figure out where that where that song wants to exist and how it wants to be arranged and what clothes it's going to wear to enter the world but making it is just being true to yourself and being true to your principles and, and the last two years is it's been a period of character building where we learned what we were really made of and what we're willing to sacrifice to be true to those principles. And, and I think as a result, a lot of us have gained fans, have gained these new connections. Um, and we've, you know, we've also paid prices for it. We've, there's been consequences of that, but that's what making it is. It's being true to yourself. It's being true to your principles. Even if that's an, even if your principles are unpopular at the time or not in line with the mainstream narrative or the status quo. Yeah, man, that's so cool. And but but Gene, didn't you get the memo? It's 2022. Men can have babies, man. Come on. Please. <laughs> I'm sorry. Birthing persons. <laughs> I'm just kidding, dude. Oh my God. Okay. Oh, dude. I love that. I love that. Ah, I just can relate to that so much. Like, you know, just that that act of creation, you know what I mean? And sometimes it's just for us. Sometimes it just happens alone when you're jamming by yourself and it's like, ah, and then it's like you try to recreate it. It's like, ah, you know what I mean? That 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 gift that just it's downloaded and provided and just channeled through us. You know what I mean? It's powerful, powerful stuff. So Frank, man, I'm curious. So you've been to the top of the mountain, man. Like how has the idea of making it changed for you? There is no more making it. 
in in the sense of like like Led Zeppelin, Motley Crue, like there's no more. When when Filter signed the first contract with Warner Reprise, uh, it was for a million dollar advance for three records. Five hundred grand was recoupable was recoupable or recoupable. Now you'll get fifty thousand dollars and all of it's recoupable and it's just to record a record. That's it. There's no support. They they laid off two thirds of the staff from one reprise since I was there twenty years ago. And so there is no more making it in that sense anymore. Where and and I look at that as a very good thing because for every one filter that that was there, there was ten other bands that Warner had signed a contract with and put on the shelf and never put that record out, and those dreams were crushed. And what we have now is it it's the access is just right to the consumer, and and. Of course, everyone is stealing it, you know. Uh, I mean, I know people that are like, I will never pay for anything, any music ever again in my life. And I'm like, that's horrible. But then you really have the true artists who will give a buck for a song. So it, it's redefined the whole industry, basically, the the piracy. And it was funny when that whole Napster thing was going on. I was on tour with, um, what was it? The Family Values Tour with Limp Biscuit, And the Napster dude was on tour. And I would get into huge fights with the dudes in my band because I was like, dude, I, don't you remember sitting there when you were a kid with your cassette player listening to the Top 40 station? Like, well, wait for that, you know, Twisted Sister song to come on. You hit record and you'd have the DJ talking over the beginning of it, you know, and then you'd have a mixtape. It was like, what's the difference, dude? Now it's, which, I, you know, there, that's a whole nother debate. But it's totally different now. It's a totally different thing. And I think that now being a success is living the best way that you can live. And we're at the point, like, I, I want to ask all of you guys, let's have a show together in Nashville in like November. And I was just down in Austin and it was like a gathering, but it was like all the, all the guests that were on InfoWars basically. And the people need a place. The people need a gathering. And I think that there needs to be a, a rock show, you know, for conservatives, basically. Because that is the new making it. That is the new success. When we set it all up ourselves, where we're beholden to ourselves and we're not beholden to anyone else. Because they have forced us into this position where if we want to not starve, if we want people to hear our, you know, this is, this is, I, I've, I know you guys have agonized over songs, agonized, listen to a song a hundred times, it just like obsessively and for it to have no one ever hear it, you know, that, and, and, and we can change that. That's why we're in this position now where we're at is so that we have to basically like United Artists was made in the movie industry back in the twenties because it was three artists who were sick of what was going on with the, with the other studios. And then they made unite unite. And it was the first studio where there was a female owner, Mary Pickford. That's what needs to happen. That is the new success. When 
they forced us into this position where they 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 wanted Alex Jones to be gone. They wanted him to be silent. They want every all of our messages to be silent. And what have they done? They've just made it bigger than it ever could. It's the Streisand effect on mm-hmm. steroids, on crack. So. Yeah. I think, that's the, I think you hit the nail on the head right there. I think that that's what victory is, is when when you have control, when there's nothing that they can do to stop you still, you know, when you've taken control of what they're trying to control. And, uh, you know, that's that's what that's what I'm you see with like Tom McDonald, right? Tom McDonald releases a song. It goes to number one. He's that's victory right there. He can say what he wants to say and it goes to number one and they can try to stop him. But he's got control now. And I think that you're going to see, you know, more artists starting to catch up. I mean, that guy was really inspiring to me because there wasn't really very many people speaking out. And and he started finally getting that kind of recognition. And it's like, well, we can't just stop and go, yay, we got we got one. We got Tom McDonald. You know, there's got to be more of us out there. Yeah, It has to be the whole culture. Yeah. And, yeah. It has, and it's you're not going to. We're like, I'm, I'm not saying we are, but like anyone who's looking to change the minds of a Dave Grohl, you're, you're SOL right there. That's never going to happen. And you shouldn't want it to happen. But you know what? There's other people that are just as talented as Dave Grohl out there. Mm-hmm. And so those people are, are what's going to come to the forefront in the next 10 years. I firmly believe because, mm-hmm. you know, it, you can't take a plant, something living and put weed barrier on it and then be surprised when the plant grows around the weed barrier, you know, it's like, and that's what they're, and and it's going to be the most robust plant out of all the plants that you've got because it was, it had to struggle to survive. And that's what we've all been doing is struggling. So anyway, Dude, I love that. I love that, man. So uh, you, you well, you kind of spilled the beans a little bit. We were definitely, and I love that. I love that. So now it's, okay, now there's a little pressure. Let's do this, dude. Let's make this happen. Let's make this happen in real life. So we've been looking at venues like Courtney and uh, Ryan and I, we were looking at venues here in Nashville. We we're looking at maybe the first week of December. So uh, maybe just keep this in the back of your mind, you guys. So we're going to make some moves on this. And we were planning on meeting again this, you know, here. Uh, anyway, yes, to be continued, more to be announced. But you guys, we're trying to put together like a music event in nashville so we'll, we'll we'll definitely all be in touch about that but uh yeah man super cool well uh let's see here so i know that uh like brad said there might be some folks coming back from soccer practice i wanted to start playing some of your guys's tunes and so brad let's let's start off with yours man like make sure the people sure. hear some of your guys's track so i picked my personal favorite and like i just love the animation right so this is a sad little man you guys if you haven't heard this uh so did you do the animation on this too yeah Oh, dude! Really, man? That's wow, dude! That's super pro, bro. Yeah, multi-talented, dude. That's super cool. Yeah. And then I know Gene did that video producing on his video too. But anyway, guys, all right. So you guys are all just like so talented, dude. The world is ready for us. So you guys, all right. We're gonna listen to "Sad Little Man" by Brad five times August, guys. Here we go. We'll be right back. Sad little man sitting deep in a lie He's dead in his soul but he'll keep you alive Do what he says, not what he do Cause the truth is for him and the lie is for you Sad little man but he's treated like a god As the faithless prayer to a fake and a fraud Worship the man 
pledge to his word One shot, two shot, now you get a third Sad little man, sad little man You better run now while you know you can Sad little man, sad little man You don't fool me, you sad little man Sad little man, gonna trap you like a dog Put your head in a net while they eat you raw Just comply, cause fear is the drug that the doctors prescribe. Sad little man, you can watch him on the news, preaching to his choir while they learn the rules. Some feel safe, and some feel healed, but they'll all hold his hand as he makes the kill. Sad little man, sad little man, you better run now while you know you can. While the rest get sick So put them to the test And listen for the yell When the truth comes out He's gonna burn in hell Sad little man Sad little man You better run now While you know you can Sad little man Sad little man You don't fool me You sad little man You can't fool me You sad little man Yeah, that was awesome, dude. Oh man, you go good, yeah, that's man. Awesome. That How sense. in the world did you do that video animation? So what's funny about that is I was talking about how I was doing children's music before all of this. And I had, I was doing, I kind of taught myself how to do that kind of animation through all of the kids music that I was doing. Cause I needed a video to go with every song and I had no idea really how to do it at first. So I learned through that um through that project i did videos for the kids project and so i was well oiled and ready to to sort of do that in a grown-up way by the time i started releasing these songs so it's funny that i you know i had to go through these songs about kindness and gratitude and um these character building songs that um you know are really nice songs to come on the other side and say anthony fauci is going to burn in hell but <laughs> But it's been nice because it's a it's another extension of what I say. You know, it's it's yeah. it's nice to have that ability to add a visual to it. I think that's just as important. No, that was awesome. The song itself. But did thanks. you use Final Cut Pro by chance? <clears throat> yeah, I did. I, I used Final Cut and just kind of toggled between Photoshop and Final Cut, and that's how it sort of gives it that um, yeah, yeah. kind of you know stop motion kind of look a little bit. Yeah, dude. It's see, the, the way I see the world, if, if it was a fair world and we weren't constantly shadow banned, censored, whatever, that video would have million. You think 300 yeah. million yeah. at least? Million. Yeah. Yeah. Because half, half the country agrees with every word of the song. So how come half the country hasn't heard mm -hmm. it? Yeah. Well, Meanwhile, can, no one yeah. else is saying it. I can tell you why, because YouTube has censored it. What happened was that was when I really crossed a line with these songs and Glenn Beck shared it on his show. And that day it was skyrocketing in views. And then slowly I started getting comments of, from people saying this was really hard to find. And so I did a search myself. I couldn't find my own video on YouTube. And uh, I did a I did a test upload. So I uploaded um, 
myself playing the video, the song live with the same title showed up like that. No problem. Um, so I had a lot of back and forth with YouTube about that. They flagged it for medical misinformation and you can. And so I have two uploads of it on YouTube, but um, they've really they've really messed with it. And they've messed with some of my other videos as well. It's just the way they you know, it's part of the battle right now. But that was really eye opening to see that they would you know, it's one thing to attack the doctors and say that's misinformation. But as artists to, to say something through your art. It art is interpretation and how you absorb it. And like that song in particular, if you do it without the visual, you couldn't really say it was about Anthony Fauci. You couldn't really say it was about vaccines. Sure. Mm -hmm. So to flag it for medical misinformation is ridiculous because I don't I don't say any of that in the song. It's it's art. You're supposed to interpret it. So now they've overstepped, you know, their boundaries as as gatekeepers. Oh, well, you can't put that into a drawing or a picture you can't paint that anymore you're not allowed to sing that you know that's what that's the times that we're in and um you know what happened with me is i just decided to lean more into it instead of back off and and uh i have a i just finished the mix uh for ben i i, I didn't know that you had a, a bill gates song but i've got one coming too so nice. you know it's it, i'll be leaning into it more than i ever have before because you know what have you got to lose at the end of the day it's just social media it's just a website somewhere you know it it's that's all it is it's just zeros and ones there's other you know there's other ways to get it out there so dude that's we'll awesome. always have info wars too yeah that's right yeah, dude, we got to get you plugged in over there. But like, here, here's a that's an interesting point that you just brought up because like we know that the YouTube AI censorship machine is so fine tuned to like scrape the 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 words. You know what I mean? That's why so many of these other channels, like if they disguise their words, it's like they're able to maintain their channels. Like I just go full blown, like point blank, don't even care, and that's why I don't really even post to YouTube because all my videos get taken down all the time. But right. but it's mm -hmm. like but but for them to then take the extra step and censor because of the cartoonish images in a song that doesn't even have any lyrics that references that is an extra step that then indicates that there's a person and a team actively monitoring. And then just like, we know they have these teams of people that sit there and watch <clears throat> these like, you know, they'll watch the blaze, they'll watch Infowars, and they get information and they'll, they'll go out and they'll hunt those people down that they bring on the show and censor them. It's like, they're, they are attack dogs out there. And so it's like, you probably got that exposure and you had like their, their team, onto you like it's just so crazy yeah i had a lot of back and forth with google youtube creator support and um felt like talking to a bot and i wouldn't be surprised if i was some yeah. of the answers were a little more specific but i i was asking them specifically like who on who on the back end over there has the credentials to decide what medical misinformation is anywhere exactly. nobody does you know they're just they're they're trained to go by whatever you know the algorithm for one but if yeah. it goes beyond the algorithm then it's just some power hungry ah, we lost them again too much truth yes. too much truth <laughs> they're laughing right now they're like oh, well, i was gonna say it. it's like it's like you gotta kind of you know i guess i kind of gotta give them sympathy over there at google youtube you know we don't want anything they don't want anything to uh, raise their blood pressure, or get their blood pressure going, because they all have myocarditis now. So you just can't uh, to get their heart going true. too much. You know? This is true. I, I don't know if this is true, but I I heard that YouTube it never makes money. Yeah, you it know, never makes money. So if you look at YouTube, like YouTube was set up as a a net a trap, basically to 
it's like a lot of it's like social media too. A lot of people get stuck in the oh man, I told this dude off on social media. My work is done for the day, and it's like you know, in a second you got two hundred fifty thousand followers. They just they just cut you off, and so they set YouTube up and Twitter up as traps as nets where. No one can compete with YouTube because it loses money every single year. So there can never be another YouTube. And then everyone's going to post their stuff on there and we can just throttle it all, you know? And that's how, that's how I've been since I came into the Infowar. Like I set up a Full Metal Maggie YouTube three years ago and it immediately got banned within like three videos. Just boom. Yeah. And I was like, why even try? Like I just got another YouTube like when I put out We the People like eight months ago just to have it on YouTube because the people I was making music with were like you got to have it on YouTube, dude. But like that, there that 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 whole model of YouTube is is I think it's firmly just made to freaking trap people to we're wasting our effort on YouTube completely. I, I agree. I completely agree. On something completely different. Yep. Yep. I agree. And, and gosh, who even knows what that is? Like right now we're streaming live on Rockfin and Rumble. Like Rockfin has been a great platform for me. Like Rockfin's a really like they're Liberty minded, but it's still just like, you know, obscure, obscure video platform that like is kind of supportive of Liberty minded content creators. But you know, it's just like, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen, but uh, YouTube is just like a dead machine. You know, a guy named James Corbett, you know, one of my all time favorites, you know, look up to his work quite a bit. Like he, He's he says that you know they break their own systems in order to censor us. It's like they mm -hmm. it's like they shoot themselves in the foot, and that tells you it's not about money. It's, it's about, about literally money. about narrative and control and power. Because like that, yeah, I remember um, I saw some article. I was trying to find it just now, but I remember seeing an article like the first year that YouTube really shifted to uh, deleting channels because of whatever you know because of agenda. Uh, they lost like like billions, like sixty billion in ad revenue because those channels disappeared. You know what I mean? So they're literally willing to lose billions of dollars, and they're no longer a you know money uh, generating entity anymore, just to maintain the narrative, which is just kind of scary to realize that it, it we they, they're beyond money, like and they're strictly like just a machine. They make the money. What do they care? <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, they print the money. What do they care? But it's just yeah. literally a propaganda machine. You know? Yeah, and, and you have to make money basically irrelevant like it where you you have to survive you have to pay for your you have to pay for yourself and your family but aspiring to have the old rock star lifestyle you know yeah. of the of the of the shark bar or whatever it's like you, that's not true anyway you know it's like you you we, it's forcing us to actually get back to our roots basically and the, and the thing about sad little man it really reminded me of um in how i'll be good company um it, it's it's metered the same kind of way with the plucking you know where in that in in hell i'll be good company the guy's plucking on a, i think it's a cello but sad little man i've been out and hadn't listened to it in days and that song comes into my head because it's catchy yeah. And that that is basically why is sad little man at where it's at and why is in hell at, you know, 300 million views mm -hmm. because they want that to be there.
So even trying to fight on YouTube, it's like, it's a waste of our time. Yeah. They, they laugh at, oh yeah, look at them. They're discussing how they're getting their, you know, they're, they're having a discussion about how we completely shut them down. Like yeah. they still, they're still owning our, our, our conversation. You know what I'm saying? It's like very, it's, I know how frustrating it is to get it, you know, to lose all your work there, but it's like, mm -hmm. they set it up for that. They set it up so that we would get tricked and get trapped. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. I don't know, man. <clears throat> it, it, yeah. So I don't know what, what the answer is. You know, I feel like building our own systems, building our own platforms and doing our own thing is the solution. You know, we may not reach everybody, but we'll reach the ones that count. That's kind of always been my philosophy. That's why I don't even get bent out of shape about not even really worrying about YouTube. Like, like I remember when I first started the show, started podcasting, like we were, like the focus was YouTube. I didn't even really think of anything else. And then as, as we saw the, the censorship escalate and realized that that wasn't a viable option anymore. Like I remember that was very demoralizing, but now I've had a complete change of heart where it's like, I don't need them. I don't want, why would I waste my time on these platforms that don't even want me? So I focus on reaching the right people instead of all the people, you know what I mean? So I, that's, mm -hmm. I feel like that's a lot more empowering for everybody really. So my attitude sort of changed because I was going to quit all of the big social media sites last year. And I had a lot of fans, right, that were saying, you know, don't leave yet. Like, stay where, stay here and be a voice on these platforms. Yeah. And so I decided to stay until they, like, just be obnoxious until I get off, you know, and just, just be here to be. Because they are battlegrounds still. You know, yeah. they are places where you can create conversation between you know, two opposing sides as ridiculous as they may be. And, you know, uh, as, as, as stupid as they are a lot of the time, um, my approach is to just continue to shove it wherever you can, yeah. because you, you know, otherwise those people remain to disrupt their echo chamber is is the goal you know just to poke it in there and and disrupt it any way you can yeah um it's just part of the battle whether you you actually come across or not yeah but um because if you look at at where we're at in, in the social conversation of COVID, anyway like all the conspiracy stuff has come come true but we have not received one apology from anyone anyway yeah but I heard they, uh, didn't they like change their terms of service? I haven't quite looked into that, but they are their community guidelines. They're like now you can at least say something about something. I haven't looked into that. I've been meaning to, but anyway. Yeah. Right on. Right, right, right on. Well, let's, let's play another song, you guys. So I got, uh, I got all your guys' tunes clicked up here, but I'm going to do probably, okay. So another in the, in the interest of like homemade video editing, catchy songs, Gene, I'm going to play faithless town real quick. All right. You guys ready? Awesome, all right. I love this one. All right, you guys, we'll be back in just a minute. So this is new world order by faithless town.
So good that's so good dude like what was that last one i hadn't seen that where they're like pushing people in the car with the little prod. so messed up yeah i think it was in singapore man they're using like what you would use for like wild animals oh that's wild that's wild man well dude congratulations i love that song man like that's yeah, that's awesome like it's, it's amazing how terrifying it is and you're only using clips of what they're already actually doing. yeah <laughs> 100 yeah i mean that's just all found footage i ripped that you know the the graphics were from the event 201 presentation all those protests uh a lot of the uh the the people getting like mass strapped on and then those were from the protest in australia like in victoria um yeah it's it's it, it, to me that it's an anti-authoritarian anthem and i wanted yeah. i wanted to show the brutality of what was happening to the world to shake people out of it you know and try to try to connect that try to connect the dots for people too of, of the world economic forum this in fourth industrial revolution of of really this technocratic totalitarianism this this is what they're trying to lead us into yeah man and and in their own words like literally like they're the they're the ones calling it new world order not us man it's them literally joe biden just recently klaus schwab they have world governance summits you guys like this is not us we're not the crazy ones here. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? So anyway, yep. yeah, dude. Wow. So congratulations, man. I love that song. Like what, what are, what other tracks if people were to go hunt you down? What, what were some other tracks that you feel like they should go listen to? So we, we put out a, uh, we put out a new album in April and uh, it's called into the light volume one on there. There's live free. So, uh, and that video is a compilation of all the massive freedom rallies that have taken place all around the world. We, um, children's health defense, uh, let us use a lot of their footage from the defeat the mandates that brad actually cool. i know he's not on the chat anymore but that brad actually performed at um and then the guys from oracle films who uh covered a lot of those massive protests in europe so it's a compilation of all that footage set to the song and then also on our website and it's on rumble and odyssey but it is uh it is banned from youtube it got pulled from youtube it's called do not comply and that's an animated video it's it's actually it was partly inspired by Brad's song "Sad Little Man," where I had, like you guys, I had that that riff in my head, you know, that kind of I don't know what you want to call it. It kind of you know reminds you of like old folk music or something, that plucking thing. And yeah, uh, yeah that's it. And and I was like, man, I want to do a song like that. I've never written a song like that. And I started writing this this little riff, and it became "Do Not Comply." Um, and the the choruses, the verses are kind of similar in that style of "Sad Little Man," but then the choruses become a little more like pink floyd rock 
Nice. But yeah, nice. please check that out and check out the album Empires. Everything's on all the streaming services, but the best way to find us is through our website, faithlesstown.com. Beautiful, beautiful. Right on, man. Right on. Thank you, dude. So keep keep it up, man. Thank you. Uh, let's see. Um, yeah, Brad, man. I, I I'm glad you just keep coming back, dude. Just keep popping back in. It's all good. <laughs> doing my best to get through this interview. You're I apologize. Awesome, oh, dude, I you're apologize doing, great. doing great. Well, let's check out Ben's new episode uh, video. So, Ben, you uh you just came on my radar just this last week, and you know, on the Jones show. I'm like, oh, dude, we got to get him on. And so, like, this is the let's see, let me get my act together here. Okay. So tell us just a little bit about, uh, well, let's see. Just give us a little preview, and then we'll talk about it afterwards. So what what's this song all about? It's called If I Work for CNN. Yeah, Harrison Smith and I started coming up with the concept the first time I went out to Austin to go on their show, which was amazing. But um, we started thinking how funny would it be if like the InfoWars guys all were disgruntled and they really wish they worked for an established <laughs> company like CNN. Because InfoWars, you've been there, everyone in there, it's just cool. It's just good vibes. It's an yeah. awesome place. It's yeah. like the coolest place I've ever been, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they well, got the battle tank back in there. Yeah. I just got to see. I got to They got armed them. guards. Yep. Yeah. It's, 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 no joke. it's no joke. So here's a funny story. So, like, Rob Dew, we all went out, like, the, what was it, that Sunday night, right? And, like, Rob Dew took us in for like a late night tour, like, afterwards. And they had this, uh, they said that they never even busted it out yet, but they had a custom made Brian Stelter puppet, right? They had a Brian Stelter puppet, right? Like, <laughs> you put the hand in and like, I don't know if you guys know this, but Rob is a bit of a puppeteer himself and a voice actor, right? So he gave us this little, uh, that Brian Stelter private puppet show, dude. It was just one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Yeah. I and laugh. You remember that Frank? Was, nice. Yeah, that was pretty funny. Dude, yeah. Like Rob dude doing the freaking Brian Stelter, like, Oh, God, it was so epic. So anyway, all right, so that's the backstory, you guys. This is If I Worked for CNN. We'll be right back with you. You know, it's not always easy being on the outside, being dissident, being scrutinized and judged, not having anybody tell you what to say or, or when to say it. Sometimes I wonder, what if I'd chosen an easier path, more mainstream path? What if I worked at CNN? I'd be a self-made man like Cooper The son of a Vanderbilt I'd feed your bullshit wrapped up in virtue With a steady dose of white guilt If the CIA wrote my headlines Then you could take them to the bank Yeah, I would be just like Anderson Cooper with a little less sugar in my tank If I spoke to you with half the truth If I just did what they told me to If I never really meant the word I said I'd ignore the things I can't explain Sell braces, I'm in climate change We get it wrong just nine times if I was for seeing With those dreamy baby blues 
Oh man, Brian Stelter? Humpty Dumpty? No, sorry, Brian, you're not getting a job at InfoWars. We don't produce fake news. Next September I turn 38 Don't look a day over 52 I'd be zoom, zoom, zooming like tubing Set myself up for the low blows I'd be lying, lying, lying like lemon Irreplaceable like Cuomo If I spoke to you with half the truth If I just did what they told me to If I never really meant a word I said If I worked for I'd ignore the things I can't explain Tell racism and climate change We get it wrong just nine times out of ten If I worked for CNN If I worked for CNN Did he just improv that the, the Jen Saki? Oh, every part, every part of him was just improv. Dude, yeah, that's I, I totally see that. That's so hilarious, man. I didn't even ask him to say anything for the Brian Stelter thing. I just was like, you can look at the paper, look it over, and like throw it in the trash. Then he yeah. just like did like three takes, like riff, and I was like, well, we're definitely keeping everything you say. Yeah. Just, yep, 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 yep. Alex friggin' Jones here. Yeah, yeah, yeah dude, it was, it was crazy. I just like. They told us when we went in there, they were like, don't expect to meet him. He just comes in, does his own thing, and then he just goes to his office and then just goes to his studio. And if you see him, just kind of like, you know, give him space. And But anyway, yeah, he walked like, like Frank, I don't know where you were at, dude. I think you were like in the bathroom or something. But like uh, uh, Matt Baker, our other buddy who we were there with, Matt Baker from San Diego, like I was in the green room and I hear Matt in the hallway like, Alex, Alex, you got time for a hug? And I just peek out. I'm like, oh, shit, there he is. And just walks up and shakes our hands. He's like, yeah, that was pretty cool. So. Crazy, crazy stuff, man. He's got a really big presence, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. He absolutely does. Yeah, it was a trip. 
So, uh, so what, what, what's it been like since, uh, you went on the big show this last week or last week? I mean, all that was amazing. But then, uh, I went to Reno for like work stuff with Patrick Halley. Oh yeah. yeah. Up in the air. We're trying to secure funding from doing more documentaries. Cool. And it's kind of all up in the air. We're hoping it all works out, but we're talking to like national file people too about it. We want to keep doing documentary stuff. Okay. So tell me about that. I didn't realize that that was okay. So yeah, tell me a little bit about more (coughs) documentary production. Well, he reached out to me, um, totally randomly. I I like lied to him on an email. I was like, I can do any kind of video editing you need because I knew he was looking for that. I I hardly knew anything at that point, like the very, very (laughs) basics. But I was like, if he, if he, you know, hires me, I'll just spend all my time in between. I'll just figure it all out as I go. Then he calls me. I was doing a podcast on uh, my friend's boat in Baltimore. And I didn't think it was even a real call. And I was like wasted drunk, like out of character drunk. And it was really embarrassing. I, the whole thing's actually recorded. Maybe one day I'll release a there you thing. Go. We weren't live or anything, but he was saying, yeah, I'm looking for a video editor. And I was like, yeah. And then the next morning I woke up so embarrassed about how the conversation went. I was like sick to my stomach for days about it. But then fast forward many, many months later, he, um, he calls me and says, I'm trying to put together a documentary, but I need it done in like 10 days. He's like, do you think you can do it? And I just said, yeah. And then it took like literally 13 hours a day for those 10 days to get it done in time. Yeah. But then he pushed it so hard and it went, it did pretty well. I mean, it was cool. trending on like bit shoot and all these things. It's about CPS because he's been um, covering all these horror stories of CPS taking kids from parents and it's really horrific shit. Yeah. Very depressing stuff to work on. So that's, I let him deal more more with the content side of it, and I just try to focus on the editing and stuff like that. But we're trying to do more of them because he's really passionate about it, and I think it's I think it's probably a good thing to try to make that sort of thing more of like a centralized community type thing versus just having like very low IQ people come into households and rip the families apart. Absolutely. For for just because the neighbor calls and says some makes up some story about you know the kids were hanging out of a window or something. Yeah, definitely. There's, wow. there's no oversight really there, you know? Yeah. 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 I've done a little bit of investigative reporting on that sort of stuff. And like, particularly where it, when it came to like, you know, some of the stuff Fauci in particular used to do back in the day with like orphans using CPS and stuff like that. Like it's, it's scary shit. So yeah, maybe we could have you back on for you and Patrick on for like a deep dive into that or something. That'd be cool. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, thank you, dude. Just keep crushing, man. Are you, are you working on more projects, more songs? I'm trying to think what the next song would be, but I'm assuming it'll it'll come to me. Okay. Yeah. So we gotta wait for that. So so Ben, when next time you talk to Patrick, when I I wanna I want you to ask him about this. Um when the grant what's the music awards? Is it the Oh yeah, the uh, No, what was the one where Will Smith slapped that that the dude? Chris uh, Rock. Was that the Oscar that was the Oscars? It was the Oscars. It was the Oscars. Yep. So it was that night. Hannah Holly actually was like, she put a tweet out like uh, about how bad bad they were, and I was like, just as a joke, like we need to have our own award show. Yeah, and I think it should be called the Howleys, man. Like, get them to like Patrick needs to put out with his wife for fun every year the Howleys, where it's like the best like conservative movie best conservative musician whatever you know that's a damn good idea 
you know that's a good and idea we need it we need some kind of like pattern pattern we need a, a night like that where we pat our, ourselves on the back like you know and it can be really funny too what's that yeah. oh, it can God. be really funny too like kind of oh, very yeah. much yeah. satire yeah Copy totally. all their ridiculousness yeah <laughs> i love that awesome. idea yeah that'd be great. And the idea of having us all for a nashville gig that would be the coolest thing ever yeah well, things are in the works. Things are in the works, man. And now, now the pressure's on. So there'll be more. I'll, I'll, yeah, yeah. Frank, we need to talk. And like, yeah, you guys stay tuned. Stay tuned. So <laughs> maybe, maybe I shouldn't have mentioned that we have oh. to do. It. <laughs> no, now the pressure's on, dude. Now the pressure's on. I feel like, uh, yeah, we need Good. to find like we we found a couple of really nice venues. I think the big hurdle is going to be like getting like we might have to do like some crowdfunding to actually secure the venue. And then once we get ticket sales, and we can definitely make moves from there you know what i mean but it's definitely something that uh yeah i want to talk i'll talk to you guys in the yeah. next couple of days about like because we need to talk about like like financially like yeah. i think we could all do it you know yeah i think so too i totally think so too it doesn't it's definitely not out of uh out of reach or unrealistic at all so let's let's definitely chat so um but speaking of so frank dude uh so i got queued up here only we the people will save the people and you want to tell us a little bit about this one um that that that's the last song that i've done i did on infowars and actually it was um it's great doing this because it i doing this specific podcast because it made me do homework and i went yeah. to listen to all your guys's music and i was like this song you're gonna hear this song it's like super overproduced <laughs> and i'm like i stopped doing music because i was like this is just too it's too produced and i've been feeling really bad because as an artist we have to make you know we have to make art so mm -hmm. <clears throat> anyway th this song only we the people will save the people um i'm i'm a fan of infowars and alex jones and i'm a fan of all the content creators that that go there and when i was i was at um january 6th and came home and the next day i watched every single video i could watch on january 6th and i watched sam montoya's i watched um and i was watching brandon grace from just another channel and he got up to he didn't go inside but he got very close to the door in the, on the on the back side of the capitol and when he turned around the he shot all the way back, all the way back down to the Washington Monument. It was just people. And there was a chant, we, the people, we, the people. And I remember watching it and being like, I would love to make a song out of that. And so like almost a year later, I couldn't believe all the January 6th people that were in jail and just ridiculous. And I'm like, they're, Right now, I'm looking at, like, I'm making my art and my music like Charles Bukowski wrote. Like, he wrote all his stuff, and then, like, he was older when it came out, and he had, like, a bunch of stuff that he had written for decades. And um, it, it's doing it and making it documented is a thing. So I was like, there needs to be a documentation of all the people that are in jail because of January 6th and we need to free them. We need to get them out. So I was like, I really want to make a song that 
um, focuses on the January 6th political prisoners because that 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 is the biggest travesty that I see happening. I mean, besides the presidential election being stolen, these men and women being in prison for going on two years now. Yeah. I can't even believe this is happening in America. It just makes me so pissed. So I wrote that song because those those men and women are the true heroes of what's going on right now. Yeah. You know, it's, it's un- unconscionable and unacceptable, man. Like, I just can't even believe it. Political prisoners, man. Like, unbelievable. Yeah. 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 All right, guys. This is only we the people will save the people by the great Frank Cavanaugh.
All right. That was awesome, dude. I love that. Dude. That's a pump-up jam right there. Yeah, exactly, man. That gets you fired up. Or weren't we like doing that in the car and we're driving around, dude? Like that, that's that's you need to come out with an album, dude. We need to we need to rock that. <laughs> yeah, I, I watching that video, it's very sad to me though, because yeah. you know, Ashley Babbitt. That's just yeah. it's um it and you know, Ben, you were talking about something earlier about how InfoWars it's like the coolest place ever. And I, I've been to, you know, I've been to MTV, MTV Europe, you know, David Letterman show, late night, all of it. And Enforce is, it's totally professional, on par with all that stuff, even better. And it is the coolest production, production house I've ever been to on the planet. And I contacted, the, I contacted um, Brandon and was like, hey, can I use this? And he's like, of course. And then he sent me all the footage. And then Sam Mantoya sent me all the footage. And I'm like, these guys, like, who am I to get all this? Like, one of them was, one of them Showtime was like 60 grand, you know? And it's like, what's, what's worth more than all the money on the planet? And that's trust. And that was like, one of the coolest things that's ever happened to me was having that trust given to me. And it's funny how we, we were talking about the whole God seed or the, the Godhead and being a vessel and being embarrassed about it. And it's funny because I say a prayer Every time I do a podcast, and that's specifically what I say, let me be your vessel. Let me be, let me not speak except for what you want me to speak. And that genuineness is what people are craving, even if it's warts and all, basically, even if we make mistakes and we mess up. And, you know, I listen to that song and I'm like, I could have done that better. I couldn't have done this better. That genuineness that that if you come from the Godhead, that is what will will overpower all of this evil that's happening right now, because people it's like people are in the desert and there's no water. And people are in a musical desert where there's. No genuine music out there anymore. I don't know. I, I just went on a totally separate rant, but it was really fun doing that song, dude. But I, I, I that song's completely dedicated to all the January Sixers and to Ashley Babbitt. And it, while I was watching that song, Brad, when you were gone, we were talking about doing this show in Nashville. I really think if we could pull off that show in Nashville, we need to do another show, and it needs to be somewhere in the vicinity of where the <laughs> Harry's off again. Ah. Of where the January sixth jail is. There you because go. They we that is the biggest travesty that's happening in America right now is the fact that those men and women are, are are languishing in political prison. And it's just it's it's unbelievable to me. Yeah, yeah, damn. He just hopped off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he even said in the chat there that he needed to hop off just because of a bad connection. But we'll definitely so we'll we'll promote his stuff here in just a second. But Frank, I think you have a great idea. Like I envision like a like a tour, like like a tour. Like that's kind of what you're talking about. Like we'll we'll start off in Nashville. Maybe we'll do a show in Austin. 
maybe do like a couple other shows, maybe one in Atlanta. We'll do one in Atlanta. And then uh, and then we'll swoop our way up to Washington, D.C. for the grand finale. You know what I mean? Like something like that. That'd be powerful. Powerful. Be amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So, We've got the backing for it. I think that um, as far as advertising goes, we, we should be able to cover that through InfoWars. Yeah. I mean, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. I mean, this is a independent production. You know what I mean? Like, we'll, we'll see what happens. But uh, yeah, man. So, all right, guys. Well, damn. You guys, like, have just crushed for two hours straight. I'm so glad that everybody got to hear you guys' music. Um, you guys are just so talented doing the courageous thing. You know what I mean? It's not easy. You know, we, we've kind of uh, sealed our fate. Like, we're, none of us are. Like, I'm never going to get a job at CNN. Not that I ever want one. You know, we're never going to get signed to whatever record label. You know what I mean? But this is it. This is it. We're in the trenches. We're in the fight. And I wouldn't have it any other way. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, I've made it, dude. I've, I've surpassed any dreams that I could have ever had when I started podcasting and it's just like, I'm just like on a gravy train right now, just loving every second of it, getting to meet awesome people like you. And we're just, uh, you know, I'm really excited about, uh, what the future has for all of us. You know what I mean? And just staying true to what we're doing, you know, it's just, it's amazing. And this is the stuff that gives me hope, right. For all the black pills and the fear that's out there, man. No, I'm not fearful at all, man. Like I'm doing what I can to secure my own personal life. It sounds like everybody is here too, but at the same time, we're making these connections and we're building something amazing that's going to sustain far beyond whatever they're throwing at us, man. So I have a lot of faith and hope in what we're, what we're all doing here, man. So everybody just please keep it up. So I want to make sure we uh, promote everything that's going on. So Brad, while we still have you here, tell us where they can get more five times August. Yeah. Just uh, check out five times August.com the website and sign up on the mailing list there in case I get booted from all of the social media websites. Otherwise you can find me on, on the other social platform at, at five times August. Cool. Awesome, man. So awesome. So yeah, just keep it up, dude. Like you're just crushing out there. So, you know, hang out as long as you can, but if you need to go totally dude, but I really appreciate it. If, if I get kicked off again, I yeah. just want to say it's yeah. been great chatting with everybody, everybody. Great. Scott, thanks for having this, this yeah, tonight. And uh, it's great with you guys. And uh, I've loved every video I wanted. To, I kept coming back. So I wanted to hear everybody's music tonight and it's all been so great. So uh, keep up the great work guys. Perfect. All right. Thanks, Brad. Awesome. All right. Uh, let's see. Uh, Gene, tell us how they can find uh, more Faithless Town. Absolutely. Uh, you can find us at faithlesstown.com. And just like Brad was saying, please sign up on our mailing list. You can do that right on the homepage. And then we're also on all the social medias. So you can find us there at Faithless Town. And if you're in Georgia, we play around uh, the, uh, the Atlanta area pretty regularly. So please come check out a show. And yeah, thank you again, Scott, for organizing this. It's it's been a pleasure just uh, sharing a couple hours with with all of you talented people. And you know, the way we break people out of the mass formation is to keep speaking out. So it's so important that we keep letting our voices be heard. And it it does. That's the only thing that's that's going to turn the ship around. And courage is con is contagious when people see other people speaking out and having the courage of conviction to speak out, even if they get canceled or, you know, somebody, whatever doxes them or smears them on social media. And we're still here as the dust settles. It doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. um, so keep speaking out, stay fearless, stay fearless. I love that. I love that. And that's, that's so true, man. So true. All right, Ben, where can we find more from you, man? Um, I would say, like bendelorentis.com maybe, but I, I don't even update the website. I'm really bad with like marketing and all this stuff, but I, I would encourage you to go uh, Spotify or iTunes 
and just search Ben De Laurentiis and listen to the Should Have Been a Mime album. I put my whole life into that one. Cool. I think it's I think it's my best work. I did all the production, all the instrumentation, everything, and it took forever. And I'm mm-hmm. still proud of it. So I think it, it might be a good one. So awesome. just find that it's it's free. You know, there's no money in music. I don't mind. I just want I want people to listen to it. Beautiful, beautiful, man. Perfect. Awesome, man. We'll keep it up and uh, congratulations on this uh, new shift. Uh, and just keep, dude, like like the uh, documentary production. That's really encouraging too, man. Like that's uh, just just keep it up, man. You're you're deep in the info war. Good job. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. All right. And Frank, where can we find you, man? Um, you know, doing doing all kinds of different things. We're 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 all diamonds basically we're born a diamond that's rough and if you want a diamond to really shine you have to have a lot of facets on it and doing doing video production and documentaries is going to help your music yeah that and we all need to be doing that doing multiple facets of things so that because it's it when i only played bass it was like i played bass then i really sat down and learned how to play drums my bass playing improved exponentially because I just had that whole other perspective. So anyway, if you want to find if you want to find my music, just go on band.video and search Frank Cavanaugh. Um, also check out America, America Music. It's America Music without the A, America Music. And that's basically, and then you can see me on Twitter, Frank Cavanaugh, Full Metal MAGA. Um, America Music basically is like, that's the idea that, it's like I want to make an I want to make a conservative MTV basically. So, um, and I'd like to get both you guys on there. And Ben, I want to get that new song up on there too, dude, for sure. Yes, please. Yeah. Cool. There you go. So, so there we go, you guys. If you if you have a moment, you guys can exchange information in the chat, or maybe I'll send I'll send out a group email so that everybody has everybody's contact. Uh, Do that. Yeah. And we'll just yeah. kind of go from there. So uh, that's awesome, Perfect. man. Well, I think we've did a lot of good work here tonight, guys, and I'm really excited for where this is going to lead. And man, hopefully, 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 we'll see you all in Nashville here very soon. So, <laughs> I, I just want I want you guys to know that, like, I'm like a, a has been. What you three are doing right now, you you are the the new wave of you. Like, I'm looking up to you guys. Like I, I listen, I'm, I've listened to all your music. Well, Ben, I just heard that song, that new song today, but it's like <clears throat> you, for me, are the, you're the definition of, of the new success in music. So you guys are doing it. I just want you guys to know that. Anyway, have a good night. <laughs> awesome. Thank you. Thank you guys. So uh, just uh, amazing work. Thank you all very much. And we'll catch you all later. Thanks everybody for hanging out. Peace. Thanks a lot. Thank you guys. See you later.